a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys episode 17. This is our look at the upcoming week 17 games across the NFL, and this episode is better than bad, it's good. We've got our regular weekly picks, we're going to hear from the president with POTUS picks, but first with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central is Andy the Prognosticator Atridge. Matty, happy new year. Happy new year, bud. How are you doing? How are you, man? I'm I'm doing well. How about yourself? I couldn't be better, man. Um, you know, looking back last week, Santa was pretty good. Uh, my 49ers had four straight wins under the belt with uh, the leadership of Jimmy G. Um, now we're going into week 17, so we need to set expectations properly. This is the most difficult week of the entire season to pick because we don't know exactly who's going to be playing and what their motivations are. So we're going to um, kind of go through it in bullet point form uh, on our picks. Um, but mostly we'll be discussing things in a more macro level. Uh, and on that note, we have uh, we, we've been pretty critical about the league uh, so far this year, yep. which deservedly so. But you know what, Matty? They did something right this week. And they rescheduled their games. They moved them around so that no teams had an advantage by knowing the outcome of games previously played that implicated their postseason. So, for example, the Ravens were supposed to play Cincinnati on Sunday night. But with the Titans and Bills lost during the day, would mean that they could rest guys or have them leave the game early. So it would have been unfair to other teams. So they actually got something right this year, um, which is nice to, uh, to add to the show. Yeah, well, the cynic in me says that they knew the ratings of a game being played on New Year's Eve would be dismal at best. Yeah, you're probably right. All right, let's go to the news of the week, man. Retired U.S. Navy pilot David Fravor trust that what he saw with his own two eyes and what he saw in 2004 was a flying object that cannot be identified, otherwise known as a UFO. It was a, quote, white object oblong pointing north, moving erratically, he told CNN. At the time of the sighting, Fravor was a naval commander in the cockpit of a U.S. aircraft, and the details of the encounter are still fresh in his mind. Quote, as close as I got to it, it rapidly accelerated to the south and disappeared in less than two seconds, he said. The object in question had no wings. As such, one might think it was a helicopter. Not so, said Fravor, who noted clear differences between a chopper and the aircraft he came across. Well, Matty, um, in the words of Neil deGrasse Tyson, um, just because it's unidentified, it does not that mean that it's an alien spaceship. For example, fans in the dog pound in Cleveland often report seeing UFOs during Browns games. But if you look closely at the replay footage, it simply appears to be passes that are attempts into the end zone that are never caught by receivers. Oh, came out of the sky, baby, just a 
Traces of Noah's Ark have been found on a mountain, according to researchers who believe it is the final resting place for the ship. Ark investigators believe that they have found traces of a wooden structure on Mount Ararat, also known as Agri Mountain in Agri Turkey. American researcher Professor Paul Esperante said he intends finding more evidence to prove the Ark landed there. I heard the same story, but if you go to Snopes.com, you'll see that it was just revealed that Pete Carroll got drunk the last time he was in Eastern Europe and just forgot where he left his ride. Yeah, Matty, you're right. Pete Carroll is pretty old. He should probably retire. What'd he say? Put on our tuxedos. I want some taquitos. Mariah Carey will be making a grand return to Times Square to ring in the new year. ABC announced Friday that Carrie will sing during Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve after her infamous performance at the 2016 event. Take two, the performer tweeted about her return. During last year's event, Carrie had a rare musical meltdown that included an audio track malfunction while she was reportedly lip-syncing to some of her biggest hits. Her team said Carrie could not hear anything coming from her earpiece. Yeah, you know what, Maddie? It would be cool if she could do the Super Bowl halftime show because I think we're a little bit overdue for a wardrobe meltdown. I'd like to see that. I'm not a sexist, but I love titties. I love, I, I love titties. And I said it over and over again. I love titties. I love titties. I love titties. I'm not a sexist, but I love titties. I love titties. I love titties. Authorities say an intoxicated Dallas woman on a first date with a prominent Houston trial lawyer caused at least $300,000 in damage to his art collection, including two Andy Warhol paintings. Prosecutors say Busby told investigators that the 22-year-old Lindy Lou Lehman got too intoxicated on their date. She called her an Uber. He called her an Uber, rather, and after they returned to his home. She allegedly refused and hid inside the home, and that's when Busby found her and called her a second Uber. She got aggressive. Authorities say she tore down several paintings and poured wine on some, and she threw two $20,000 sculptures that damaged Warhol paintings for each valued at a half million dollars each. You see, that's exactly why you hire a prostitute. You're not paying them for sex. You're paying them to leave right away without trashing your shit. Yeah, but I kind of like your style. Maybe the Colts could sign her a contract next season. Lord knows they need a little pep on their defense. A very special Christmas delivery came for a member of Trump's cabinet last week. A gift wrap box addressed to U.S. Secretary of the Treasury Steve Mnuchin was found near his home. When the box was opened, it was found to contain a pile of horse shit. You know, it's so hard sometimes to get the perfect gift, but in this case, nailed it. You are a shorthead, seven feet, 500 pound piece of steaming, stinking, grade A monkey trap. Connecticut woman who was in a police station is charged with cocaine possession when she got caught doing lines inside the police station. She was there waiting to be booked on unrelated charges when she got busted. You know what this means, don't you, Andy? I don't know if I do. 
The search is over. The Dolphins have found their offensive coordinator for next season. Hey, babe. Miss you. Thinking about you. How about me going to a meeting and doing this before I go? There's those big grains falling, but I miss you. I miss you a lot. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Time to fire it up with our weekly picks. Uh, the first game we have on the docket is are your Chicago Bears playing the Minnesota Vikings, who now are at home at 11-point favorites. Uh, the Lions started much higher than this, uh, almost close to 13. Um, this involves the Chicago Bears. There you go. It's your account, Matty. What do you think? Well, what do you think Minnesota's got to play for here? Uh, there are several scenarios where if this happens and this doesn't happen and your aunt knits a sweater and the Titans kind of, or the Vikings, boom, they're probably going to get this, uh, the second seat. Exactly. Tactically, right? And yeah. Chicago, I think they've got a lot to prove as far as what they can do for their offense for next year. So I'm thinking... 11-point spread is maybe a little bit too much. Chicago's got a good defense. They're going to keep it tight. Minnesota doesn't have a ton to play for. They're going to play conservatively when it comes to keeping Case Keenum nice and no, safe I, so he doesn't get injured, right? They don't want their quarterback right. no, injured no. when they know they got you a playoff You don't want spot. anyone injured on the Viking side. You're right. They're not going to play it. Um, they're not going to be little bitches. Let's put it that way. They're not going to be little bitches. Well, they're Minnesota Vikings, so they're going to be somewhat bitches, are they not? <laughs> Dude, man, you got to have a lot of respect for these guys this year. Uh, now, at the same and time... Donovan McNabb puking in the Super Bowl says that they're going to choke. Well, <laughs> he, he, uh, um, Sorry, the they're in the of, NFC North, so fuck Minnesota, just like fuck Green Bay and Detroit. But as far as your Bears are concerned... They have every opportunity to open up the playbook and see what the guys are all about. Yeah, it's kind of like Mitch a Trubisky can do. Right? Actually, let them pass more than 10, 15 yards. Well, there, you know what? We're going to talk about a lot of this in the rest of the podcast. This is an odd week. Um, it's, it's tough to pick games. Um, for some teams, it's going to feel like a preseason week because you want to evaluate talent, and especially in real time. And there's no better way to do that when it's a regular season game against a team that actually has some uh, skin in the game, so to speak. So, yeah, I think they want to they want to see what Trubisky can do. I, I think they're going to open it up, and um, you're going to learn new names of wide receivers for the Chicago Bears, ones that you and I probably haven't heard of before. 
And you'll uh, probably see them on the practice roster at the beginning of next year. <laughs> yeah, it might be for other teams, but <laughs> uh, no, but no, no, seriously, though, everyone's vying for a job, right? Everyone wants to advertise their abilities. Uh, we already know what Howard and Cohen are doing. Um, so there's going to be a lot of people coming out of the work, not only in this game, but in a whole whack of other games we're going to talk about. And you see a wild spread like this. And, and there's a reason why it dropped down from, I think it started at 13. Yeah. It was uh, now high. it's down to 11. So yeah, I still think 11. Minnesota is going to win the fucking game. Don't yes. get me wrong. They're yeah, winning I think the so game. Too. I think so too, but I think so, Chicago can keep it within 10. Yeah, but Chicago's got nothing to lose, man. They can like they can throw out their whole playbook. Yeah. No one cares. John Fox isn't going to be there next year, nope. right? Nope. So, yeah, let, let it all hang out. Um, to our listeners, and we thank our <laughs> listeners um, for staying with We're going to be upfront and honest. Like, this is not a week you should be betting much on anything. Um, we're going to extract some value in a few games. Um, hopefully that you can uh, financially gained from, but this is one where, jeez, oh, um, anything goes, the, anything goes. So the Bears, I think the Bears are gonna, the Bears are gonna let it all hang out. Um, Minnesota just needs to win, and nothing more. So once they're up with a comfortable lead, they're gonna be sitting there, guys. Yeah. Eleven points. I, I just. This is a dog week, so double digit spreads. Yeah, Minnesota's gonna win, but they're not they're not gonna try to win by too much more than this. Not, yeah, they don't they don't need to win by a million points uh, for seeding yeah. purposes. All right, we go to Steeltown, Pittsburgh, taking on the Cleveland Browns in Pittsburgh, eleven point favorites at home. I guess another uh, division rival. Hey Maddie, knock knock. Who's there? Owen. Owen who? Owen 16. Boom. Straight oh, fire. that's, yeah, well, you know, the Browns, uh, 13, you know, 11 and a half, or, well, well, it's down to 11. Started at 13 and a half. And now you're going down to 11. I, I, I don't really know where Pittsburgh's at. Um, the Steelers need a win. Was, well, well, obviously, if you haven't been following the, the scenario, uh, the Patriots need to lose and the Steelers need to win. The Patriots are 15 and a half point favorites at home against the Jets. So is that going to happen? Probably not. So the Steelers kind of are sitting comfortably in the second seed with Antonio Brown out. Like really, are they going to be putting Le'Veon Bell in harm's way? I, I don't know. Um, I've gone against the green the last two weeks, taking the Cleveland Browns. <sighs> Shirt money's coming in on the Browns. No, you don't want to go for the Browns. What does well, James say? Okay, how about this? No, 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 no. You know what? The line has dropped enough. Like 13 and a half. I, I would have been maybe not licking my chops. I certainly would have been licking my chops. But 11, 11 points, I'm comfortable taking the Steelers. Yeah, exactly. And what, what does James Harrison mean to this line? Probably nothing, but... Sure, it's one of the weirdest stories of the season. In case you haven't already heard, he's like actually a patriot. Like, what the fuck? 
there what was the hell like, was that? Yeah, like there's some tongue-in-cheek commentary on ESPN <sighs> suggesting he's acting as a double agent on behalf of the Steelers, perhaps giving Belichick inaccurate information about their playbook. But I, I honestly, that's so far-fetched that wouldn't even play in a comic book scenario. Well, in case our listeners have been too involved in eggnog and their in-laws, uh, what had occurred this week was that after um, the weekend, the Steelers let go James Harrison, which, you know, he wasn't a, playing a big role in the roster anyway. <laughs> but Bill Belichick, being the guy he is, he's like, oh, no, no, we want him on our roster going into the postseason. So it was actually just before Christmas, just before Christmas, when Harrison got this news from the Steelers, whom he's the all-time sack leader for. It's that Belichick edge. Yeah, well... Even if it, even if he's not getting the playbook from him, in the the world and in perception, it looks like he's getting an edge, and perception's oh, nine yeah. tenths of it, man. Like that's why they win is they have all those little stupid patriot things they do, and fuck, I hate them, but damn, they always work. <laughs> so the, the conspiracy conspiracy theory goes as this: uh, you heard it on ESPN, is that uh, yeah, James Harrison is a double agent. And he's going to be giving uh, Bill Belichick um, an inaccurate playbook. Um, you know, so, the, for example, they're playing the Browns this week. So maybe he goes to Hugh Jackson and says, hey, maybe um, we give him your playbook. The Browns have a playbook? Oh, Jesus. Yeah, good point. No, no, he's not doing that. Philadelphia at home against the eliminated Dallas Cowboys. And Philadelphia, three-point dogs at home. Well, this is a typical Week 17 game. So the Eagles are playing for absolutely nothing. They're going to be at home, and they're going to be playing a team that is not going to be in the postseason. So we don't know who's going to be starting or sitting or carrying. Hang on one second here. Hey, Cowboys fan, did you hear that? Not going to be in the postseason. Suck it. <laughs> hey, I, I, can you say that again, please? I'm f- for fucking benefit. America's bandwagon. So last week, the Cowboys got smoked by Seattle. And that was that was their, their game. Get in or go home. Um, so if they didn't get up for that one, um, I'm not sure how they're going to get up for this one. Um, and, and, and again, we, we talked about Week 17 being weird. This is a neat spot for Nick Foles to get some real-time experience, you know, exploring the different plays of their playbook um going into the playoffs right he's a backup quarterback so you know you can do whatever you want in practice but in real time play this gives him an opportunity to see okay if this works this doesn't i mean no one's going to get injured they're in a very unique position there's there's nothing they, there's nothing better for a quarterback than getting live game experience because only throwing into real coverages will they they can do all the pass skeleton they want and yeah. i remember talking to quarterbacks about this when I played ball at Laurier. And that was that, like, I would be like, you guys nail it every time in practice. It looks so easy. And then, but, you know, in the game, you got that D lineman hunting you down. And if you yeah. manage to shake him off, a linebacker's coming at you and you got to plant your feet and throw. And the whole time you're trying to dodge guys, you're making reads. It is a much different experience. And to get a guy knowing that he can go downfield, learning how to see not just the first 10 yards, like what Chicago's 
team wants or Chicago's coaches want them to do, but seeing the entire field where you know every now and then there's what if it's a cover two, they're vulnerable down the middle. If they've got like the single rover, rover over the middle with uh, man coverage to the outside, then you know you got one on one and you could try to throw that little fade to the outside shoulder. Uh, but that's, well, no, that, you can only right. learn that by doing it. You can only learn that by doing it in a live game situation. And when coaches don't take the training wheels off their quarterbacks, they do their quarterback a disservice by not letting them develop, and they do their franchise a disservice because they're not getting out of that asset what they drafted. Right. And this week, the Eagles are the only team in a position to have that luxury of we don't care if we win or we lose, we got a home field advantage, right? So you've got a lot of opportunities to loosen up the playbook. Now the and only key is keep Nick Foles healthy because keep Nick Foles healthy. Keep you Nick definitely Foles don't healthy. want the backups backup trying to. Take I don't even. I don't even know what that would look like. <laughs> I don't even know what they're thinking. Kaepernick, no give Kaepernick a call. <laughs> yeah, they could do that. Yeah, wouldn't that piss off a lot of people? Oh, and then he takes them to win a Super Bowl. That would be even better. Icing on the cake. <laughs> All right, the next game on the docket, uh, the Green Bay Packers head to uh, Motown to play the Detroit Lions, who are now sitting at slightly below a touchdown at six-and-a-half-point favorites. If the Packers can't even score once at Lambeau in December, like last week, what the hell the hell are they going to do in Ford Field this week? Both teams have been eliminated from the playoffs. The Lions last week were lost to the Bengals, and obviously the Packers... Um, well, back in week six when Aaron Rodgers went down with a broken collarbone. Um, interesting comment about this game. Both Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams will not be dressing for the Packers, understandably so. So this, I don't know. Um, that With those guys on the sidelines, this doesn't seem like a huge spread. Houston. Texans going into Indy. Oh, and Maddie, Maddie, wait for it. Oh, yeah, you got a crack of Duh beers. You, you got to crack a beer for this one because you need to be drunk to watch this one. Um, you, need to, you need to be on hallucinogens to watch this one. I don't know if all the and you still wouldn't see any touchdowns. You might not. <laughs> you might not. This is this is going to be bad, bad. Um, Sad. And, there's no, there's there's a bunch of bad games on the docket. I don't know if anyone's more sad than this. I mean, I, th- I think the Colts have a little more to play for here than the Texans because the Texans are sort sort of sitting in the driver's seat. They know they're going to get JJ uh, Watt back. They're going to get Deshaun Watson back, um, and they they're going to have a pretty good lineup next year. But for Indy, I don't know if they're I don't know if. Chuck and Houston's going to be there. get a good draft pick next year as well because of this, you know, unfortunate. Oh yeah, season. no, they're going to. And finish. that's only going to add to what they got with Watson and and Watt. And really, like, yeah. they've got a bunch of like a bunch of no names on that team that like are playing better than no name status. Like every but, guy. Uh, on but they position. also have names. They also have name guys like Fuller and Hopkins. Yeah. Um, who can run and catch the ball? Uh, they just got no pivot to get to get, get it to, it to them. Fair enough. I, I, uh, TJ Yates, I, I, he's in concussion protocol. There's no reason for me to think that Indy can't cover four at home because I, I don't know. 
This Let's is put not- it this way to our listeners. You have a 100% chance of keeping your money on this one if you don't bet on it. <laughs> That's about the only guarantee I we can give. I could not agree with you more. Yes. Yes. So let's not waste another second talking about it. Uh, there is, however, another game, a uh, divisional game. Uh, this AFC. one, I think, is a bettable game, by the way. I do, too, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> well, you go first. Well, you go first. It's, okay, we got we go into Foxborough, right? We got New England taking on the Jets. The Jets always play New England pretty tough. And Mm -hmm. it's an end-of-the-year game. New England's got really nothing to play for. And 15 and a half freaking points? I don't think so. It's going to be cold. It's already going to be tough. And Brady has turned the ball over more than this year than pretty much any other year. There's there's so many reasons. There's a lot of weird stuff going going on in New England. Um, You know, they put together a pretty impressive season. Michael J. Fox is not on their team. Um, I'm, I'm curious to know what the real reason for the success is. Uh, it's unbelievable. And if you think about it, I just, I got here eight years ago. So maybe that's the reason. <laughs> that of course was Rob Gronkowski, but I'm guessing that if you had Michael J. Fox on the team, that he would probably be a 1000 yard slot receiver. Yeah, it's pretty shaky hands, though. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, knew I can't gonna believe you didn't think I, I knew, knew you were going to do that. I fucking knew you were going to do that. Uh, it's sad, though. It's Marty <laughs> McFly. It's Marty McFly, that. but he couldn't play guitar. I know. Now. It's throwing a meatball over the fucking plate, right? <laughs> <laughs> Michael J. Fox is one of my favorite guys in the world, and I knew, I knew you fucking <laughs> that fuck. Uh, all right. Um, <laughs> what the hell is it you Another interesting twist in the Belichick saga is the recent signing of future Hall of Fame linebacker James Harrison, uh, whom the Pittsburgh Steelers released this week to make room for their roster for the right tackle Marcus Gilbert. Like who? who? You know, Marcus Gilbert. Come on, man. Marcus Gilbert. He just returned from a four-game suspension for the use of PEDs. Come on, Maddie. He was the SC Offensive Lineman of the Week in September of 2009. Another example of Bill Belichick playing chess while Mike Tomlin is playing tic-tac-toe. Well, speaking of toes, I wonder what former Jets coach Rex Ryan thinks of this. Or at least what former... Patriots player Wes Walker thinks that Rex Ryan will think of this. I mean, the guy is—he uh, is who he is, and uh, he does a great job of making sure everybody's on the same page and and uh, everybody's putting their best foot forward. You can't just stick your toe in the water, especially you know you got your foot up in the air. Want to go out there and just put your best foot forward? He's got great feet. You know, he has good feet. He's another guy who has great feet. You want to make sure that uh, you know you're putting your best foot forward out there. So let's go out there and, and being good little foot soldiers. You definitely have to be on your toes and and make sure that you're ready to go. And- off to the Meadowlands, the New York Giants, three-point underdogs at home against the Washington Redskins. And uh, this is going to be an interesting game because of what's happened off the field at the Meadowlands. 
Yeah, another week, another week of drama with the Giants off the field. This week, Landon Collins publicly criticized cornerback Eli Apple for being, quote-unquote, a cancer in the dressing room on a radio interview this week. Although we apologize, the team is benching Apple for the rest of the season, for which is one week, for a series of behavioral issues throughout the season. Well, they now, should be benching uh, Apple... Because you've got one too many guys named Eli on your team. How many fucking well, guys named Eli I, in the world are there? I yeah. How many Eli benchings are there going to be this season? I guess two on that team. Yeah, with two uh, Elis. How many Elis are there in the rest of the league? I haven't seen that much benching since the nativity scene back in two thousand years ago. <laughs> Hi Washington. If you, they're just a better team than the Giants, they are simply a better team. They're banged up. Uh, however, right now the organization is playing better. Um, Kirk Cousins is looking for a new contract somewhere. Probably not in the D.C. area. Um, the wise guys would say take the Giants at home, but I'm not. No, I'm, I'm going... I'm going. Uh, I'm going to the professional football team from Washington on the road to cover three points against the New York Football Giants. All right, the Shithawks. I can't believe we have to talk about these losers trying to get into the playoffs. But they're playing Arizona, and they're nine-point favorites at Shithawk Stadium. Actually, you know what? I'm. I was actually looking forward to speaking about this game. Oh, great! Yay! <laughs> no, no, man. Come on. It's a divisional game. Got it. Seahawks are playing for a playoff spot. Got it. What I don't get is how the hell Earl Thomas goes into the Dallas Cowboys locker room after last week's game and asks Jason Garrett for a job. And they just fucking beat them. They literally just beat them, and they're in the driver's seat for a playoff spot. Whereas now, the Cowboys are not. I mean, it looks bad for Seattle. Really bad. They've had a lot of locker room issues. And why on God's green earth would you want to play for Jason Garrett unless now he's officially allowing players to smoke weed in the dressing room during halftime? Well, Arizona had a spirited performance against the Giants last week. Seattle would need Atlanta to lose at home to the Panthers in order to have a shot at the playoffs. Regardless of Seattle's motivation, I see the cards showing up this week, mostly in support of Bruce Arians. It's a big uh, players coach. I think they're going to cover what is a pretty big spread. Yeah, I, uh, I concur. Now, we're going... We're going down, we're going down. Yeah, are we really going to talk about like how much Joe Flacco sucks in the Bungles? Like, is this game even relevant? It it is relevant. It's relevant for only one reason. If uh, if Flacco and the Ravens win, they're in. If they don't, well, they can still get in with a little with a little help from their friends. If they are the luckiest team on the history of the planet. They always seem to just eke in by the freaking hair of their balls, man. You know what? John Harbaugh is a very, very good football coach. He is. He gets the most out of very little. Yeah, he's he's when you talk about getting lemonade 
from lemons. He's kind of like the guy squeezing the lemons. And I hope his brother going, Jim comes and coaches the Bears. Well, I thought he, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think he's still battling uh, MSU. I hope John Fox, you know, doesn't let the screen door hit him on the ass on the way out because I don't want ass prints all over our new doors at Soldier Field. What, for when Harbaugh comes in? Fucking right. <laughs> Michigan, <laughs> like you're going to keep them, man. We can pay the big monies. Oh, no, no, no. The Michigan and look at the talent he's got to, to play with. He's got no-name receivers and a rookie quarterback. What coach wouldn't want to step into that situation? Well, he kind of did that in San Francisco. So <laughs> <laughs> It's not, it's you, not put, you put you put enough zeros on a check, man. A guy will step into anything. Um, yeah, and as we said before, he doesn't have to play Ohio State, so um, there's at least two wins he doesn't have to worry about. Sorry, what the fuck game? Well, we it's nine and a half points is what Baltimore is favored at. I think that should be the over under on the whole game. Uh, you know what? Cincinnati's done nothing but disappoint me. I mean, yeah. they no, sorry, they won and covered last week. They did their job. Yeah. I don't wait, wait till six. Wait, week sixteen, boys. Yeah, no, they're not. They're not. Baltimore has uh, three uh, shutouts on the board already. Um, a fourth one would put them in on par with their own team from the two thousand season. I, I don't think it's going to be a shutout, but I think that they're, you know, again going back to the wisdom of the NFL, throwing all these games at four thirty. Baltimore's gonna. They're gonna be wanting playing. Um, I, I love that running back Collins, man. He's good. Yeah, forget he Joe Flacco. Forget Joe Flacco. Forget Joe Flacco. Um, I love this Collins kid, and, and their defense is probably worth at least one score, whether it's a safety or a pick six. I don't know. Um, no, since he's uh, out of their element here. Yeah, Joe Flacco, I think, became a quarterback because he got tired of catching balls on his chin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did. All right, the <clears throat> Tennessee Titans at home, and they are three-point favorites against the Saxonville Jaguars, who are likely going to be sitting a whole bunch of guys. Well, this is um, one game where neither team needs to win or there's not. The Jags will finish third in the AFC regardless. The Titans are in with a win um, and would likely be playing Jacksonville again next weekend. So Tennessee has lost the last three games, and the Jags were stunned by 49ers last Sunday, 44-33. Um, to By the way, Matty, first time in the history of the NFL where a game ended on a score of 44-33. to Interesting. Yeah, now this line opened much higher, closer to a touchdown, but um, put a gun to my head, making a pick. I'm going to take the team with a little motivation uh, with a field goal at home. I'm reluctantly digging the Titans. All right, well, we move to Mile High, where the Denver Broncos are three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Kansas City Chiefs. This is another divisional matchup for the end of the year. Um, well, what's interesting about the matchup is the quarterback matchup. So Kansas City starting Patrick Mahomes for the first time this season. And many fans in the show me state believe that this 10th overall draft pick is superior to Alex Smith, the two-time pro bowler. Yeah. How often has Alex Smith had to hear that in his career? Um, 
Every yeah, year. <laughs> every goddamn year. And it's fucking painful because, um, you know, to Utah, he was, he was, he was, a, he was a good kid and he did nothing but win for the 49ers and, uh, with a bunch of different offensive coordinators, if I do believe. Oh, like I, I think three million is the number. <laughs> three million. Yeah, no. Every practice, like, there was a new one. <laughs> well, I mean, even uh, I'm thinking back to um, San Francisco days. Mike Singletary is a head coach. John Harbaugh is a head coach, and uh, you know the, the list went on and on. It wasn't just the coordinators; it was the head coaches he had to deal with. And finally, you get some stability with Andy Reid, and he, he flourishes. And people are still shitting on the guy. And it's like, no, he's a good freaking player, man. He's good. Yeah, he is. Um, so and he now gets the, no respect, man. So he's not being benched. He's being rested, and I get it. And they, they want to see what this this other kid has, just in, just in case. Hey, nothing now, wrong that, with seeing what you got, what you can make wrong. of it, right? No, he might and, even be and, trade bait then. Yeah, no. So they're not really fighting for any. They're not jockeying for any position. Um, Denver, who's not doing anything uh, in the off season other than booking tee off times. Uh, but they've announced that they'll be starting Paxton Lynch. And this will only be the second start this year because uh, he's been suffering from both shoulder and ankle injuries, which is exactly why I sort of questioned this decision. Like, if this guy's banged up. Why are you throwing him right at the end of the season? I mean, I know that Osweiler and Trevor Simeon probably not going to be viable options for you in the future, but why risk Paxton Lynch? Um, unless they be- firmly believe he's healthy, Lord knows what's going through John Holloway's head. But uh, yeah, it was funny last week because uh, the Broncos, you know, they get their asses handed to them by Washington. But uh, a bunch of guys on the team were, oh, Kirk Cousins, he's he's a good quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Uh, yeah, yeah, I get it because you want him to play for your team next year because you don't <laughs> like. Uh, Brock Osweiler and the aforementioned Trevor Simeon. Got it. <laughs> so <laughs> we know what Denver wants. Um, let's not overthink this. Let's just freaking take KC. Now, the next one, uh, NFC South game. Um, probably one of the trickier matchups uh, to handicap. Um, simply in terms of motivation. The Saints are playing for a little bit, but not a lot. A win would put them into the third seed, um, but they can't lose anything more than the fourth. But Tampa Bay's been playing pretty hard for the last couple of weeks. Um, Darcy getting guys back off injury that really want to play. And lo and behold, they're, they're yakking about having a different head coach next season. Chucky. Uh, sorry, I mean John Gruden. Yeah, I, you're, you're right. Tampa yeah. Bay's been playing well, buddy. Yeah, they've been balling. Yeah, they have, man. And six and a half points at home at the last uh, the last game of the year. Those guys are going to be playing for for next season. Yeah, this is not a gimme. This is not no. a gimme for the Saints. No, they're going to have to play hard. Well, I don't know, but that's the thing. I don't know if they're going to want to play hard or if they're going to. You know, want to keep Kamara and Ingram um, oh, it's a safe and healthy on the bench. As a gambler, it's a stay-away game. Oh, yeah. As I said before in an uh, earlier podcast, Matty, I wouldn't touch this, uh, touch this game with your money. Um, in fact, I would say that about most games on this docket. Yeah. But honestly, 
Okay, so this game started at... It's a good thing uh, I'm using my internet porn empire to fuel all this. Well, no, I mean, so you got really nothing to lose. That's No, that's totally understandable. Um, but with, So the line sits right now at six and a half um, for New Orleans, but it was seven and a half on the road. And that's a... That was seven and a half. I love the Bucks. It's six and a half. I like them. Not sure where it's going to go from here, but right now, six and a half will still take the home team on dog. How about the Los Angeles Chargers at home against the Oakland Raiders? The Chargers are seven and a half point favorites at home. Well, let's talk about the Oakland Raiders. Uh, I had such high hopes for them, like after week one. Everyone had high hopes for them. You look at the season win totals, and they haven't even come close to meeting those expectations. And I thought, you know, last week, Philadelphia, because um, no, everyone counted them out. What are they going to do? What are they? So the clock is reading 0.00. And they're only down three points. And the spread was eight and a half. Guess what happened? <laughs> they fucking shit the bed. And then it was a <laughs> nine-point spread, right? You do the dink and dunk, the whole Benny Hill routine, right? Um, so they didn't cover once again. Well, depending on what time uh, you get your line on, but um, this particular game, I know the Chargers. Are, you know they they need to win, and they need. Uh, I think I guess yeah, they need to win, and the Titans and Bills to lose, right? So they uh, have high expectations of what's going to happen. So but I know the Chargers are going to be playing well. I really do, but I actually think Oakland's going to be playing well. I really do. I think Oakland's going to be playing well. And I'm not sure where this line's going to hit at Sunday. All I'm going to say is that um, at a touchdown or less, I like the Chargers. But if Oakland's getting more than a touchdown on the points, I'm going to take them. So we move to the next game because I'm not so interested in Chargers v. Oakland. I'm more interested in the Los Angeles Rams at home against the San Francisco 49ers. And I'm not lying. I'm going to be watching this game for a couple of reasons. I like what the LA Rams are doing, but they don't have a lot to play for right now. However, I want to see Jimmy Garoppolo, your boy. I want to see him taking on a legit defense because this is going to be a good test for Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, Matt, as you can imagine, I have a lot to say about this game and you're right. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot to be thankful for Jimmy G. Um, he was sent to us on Halloween day, but I think if, yeah, that was officially the day that God sent him to be our savior. It was an early Christmas present. Um, he's thrown for almost 1,300 yards in six, or sorry, in four games. Oh, so yeah. So do the math. Yeah, dude, he's he's on point, man. He, he looks good. Like He passes well, the eye test. Like, I mean, when I watch the guy, I'm like, you know, he looks better than a lot of the other starting quarterbacks in the league minus the big names. Like, I mean, Aaron Rodgers can still just throw that teardrop pass, and Brady is you can't fluster him in the pocket. So you have to work your way up to that. But Garoppolo has that, you know, he looks comfortable back there, 
and he makes really sound decisions on his reads. He doesn't go for the big one all the time, but he keeps... And I mean, I hate the term dink and dunk because I think that's stupid, man. As long as you're getting first downs, who gives a shit? But he, I, he I makes, don't think he even thinks well, he's doing that. And no, but what I mean, what I'm trying to get at is, as a former guy that played defense, when you start throwing those short hooks and outs and little flat passes, what it does for every single guy in that secondary is it kind of makes you creep up. And Garoppolo has been attacking the levels so he gets them to creep up then he goes you know for his 10 to 20 yard pass or possibly even longer and then he gets them to creep up a bit again and then or maybe goes a couple longer and gets them to lay back so he can throw some underneath and i don't know if it's the offensive coordinator but or if it's garoppolo but man there's a huge difference in the niners passing game right now well it's coming from a bears fan no, well, I appreciate it. Uh, it's a big dose of Kyle Shanahan, but it's a uh, more of Jimmy Garoppolo's accolades, and especially being uh, sort of a student of both Bill Chuck and Tom Brady for the last four he's years. He's a, plays. He's definitely legit. Let's just call it that. Um, now, we, we spoke earlier in the podcast. We're not going to get too detailed about games that really don't matter that much. And here's an example. I, I don't... Okay, I'm, I'm going to pick San Francisco 49ers to cover the spread because it's a ridiculous spread. Um, but beyond that, you know, you think of the 49ers who started 0-9. 0-9, right? And it looked like their season was just dead, just done in the sewers. And then this guy comes in, right? And, you know, in the last four or five weeks, He's electrified the city. I don't think there's a city in the country that is more excited about next year's NFL season than San Francisco. They are excited. And, you know, it's like, oh, wow. Oh, they're giving up draft positions. Oh, okay. Well, Cleveland's gone down that road like 18 million times. Um, and they've never, it's never come to fruition in any beneficiary way for them. Now, you think about it for. 49ers, the organization. So now now everyone's electrified. So you're going to get uh, more season tickets sold. Uh, you're going to get a lot more free agents signing with them. You're going to get a lot more players that already within the organization are probably going to have a better uh, off-season routine. Um, players are going to sign for a lot less just to be there. They're excited. Carlos Hyde's already talking about them winning the Super Bowl. There's Super Bowl conversations now, and they're 5-10, and 10, and two months ago, they hadn't even had one win. I mean, it's exciting. Uh, and it's my, my point is, it's like you don't have to shit the bed at the end of every season to simply get draft picks. If you actually play out and play with heart and with feeling, it will mean something. And, and your fans get it, and other players get it, the rest of the league gets it. So it's not a race to the bottom, which you see in NBA every goddamn year. Every goddamn year, there's six teams in the NBA that, okay, how can we finish last? You see it in the NFL, only a couple teams do it because there's not as many games, right? But the 49ers and 0-9, okay, are, 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 we, are we just going to sit back? And well, just, here's what no. I'm going to say. Hang on, though. You've got to really preface what you're saying with the fact that, okay, you're not. You, you can't discount the the part the front office played in San Francisco in not 
throwing the towel in on the season yeah. and yeah. bringing in a guy. Because the thing is, it's built around the quarterback. And if you don't have a quarterback, maybe tanking the year is all right if you know how you can use that draft pick. However, if you've got a quarterback, I am fully agreeing with you that you you take the reins off and you get that offense clicking so that next year you go in, you've got a bunch of guys with confidence that know they can play together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um. And not, and not a lot of teams have that luxury, right? Um, no, the, but that was no, a good just, move we, by the front office in San Francisco. Yeah, but even giving a mid-season acquisition with quarterback, you never know how that's going to work out. Usually it works out like shit. No, but Garoppolo was quasi-known entity because of what he did when Brady was hurt. And people saw him, and he looked good behind a team that knew what it was talking about. So as long as you get him somewhere and there's an offense... Yeah, you know you don't have to be Belichick, but if you obviously this guy's smart enough to run an offense in the Belichick era, so just give him something to work with. He should be good. Oh, he's good. Uh, He hasn't lost the game yet. Um, uh, Six starts with two different teams, and six and zero is his record. And I don't think that changes this week. My official pick is San Fran, but um, beyond that. I'm simply reaching out to other teams. Like, don't shit the bed at the end of the season. Simply a draft pick. You can create some enthusiasm, uh, um, you know, for your fan base, uh, for free agents, for for your own uh, team players under contract, and, you know, get some effort there. Yeah, crap in the bed is not a good idea. And I'm not sure if that's what Cleveland is trying to do. It looks like that's what they're doing. Same thing with the Giants, same thing with the Colts. Um, but I think San Fran, as they always have, has rewritten the playbook uh, for what organizations need to do on a macro level. Um, so going on a micro level, sorry, back to the original question, I think San Fran is going to uh, uh, cover the four points. Well, the, the, or they're not laying the four, we're taking the four. All right, we're oh, done. No. Slurping oh no, San shit! Francisco. No, no, <laughs> no. Hang on, hang on. Before we go on, no, no, no. I, I didn't update the lines. Um, <laughs> this again. This is so weird about Week 17. So actually, the Rams started as three point four point favorites. San Fran are now actually three point favorites, uh, and I'm still taking them. So there you go. The Miami Dolphins hosting the Buffalo Bills. Miami, two and a half point dogs at home. But the Bills also need some help. Did they need a bit of help? Um, which obviously they can't control. They're going to, they just need, they simply need to win in Miami. Um, and But they need losses from the Chargers and the Titans. Uh, but uh, I think if, okay, so if they can get in, if they beat the Dolphins and the Ravens lose outright. Or I think a tie? No, no, hang on, no. The Ravens are in with a tie. So the Bills, you get where I'm going. It's just, the Buffalo needs to win. They just need to win. I'm not sure why this line is so low. Um, It started at over a field goal. Now it's under it. They need to win. Miami's playing for nothing. Don't overthink this one. 
take the Bills. All right, the last game on the docket, another NFC South matchup. In fact, the most poignant game on the docket uh, because the outcome means something to both teams. Oh, it meant something. It meant more to me than it did to you, Maddie. Um, Atlanta's in with a win. Now, Carolina, actually, of all the teams being played, have the best jockeying position, or at least um, in terms of uh, top-to-bottom positioning. They could be as high as two and as low as five based on uh, their winning and what other teams do. So I, I, I think there's a lot of motivation there. Um, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I think if I could explain this game, like if I could be laying on a couch with somebody feeding me grapes and fanning me with some sort of big bird's wing, you know, I couldn't be less interested in what these two freaking teams do. <laughs> I don't like them at all. Well, I, I think... I don't like this spread. I don't like them. I don't nah, like the there's way no playing games like this. This, this spread, should, this, as far as I'm concerned, should be able to pick them. Yeah. Um, I'm not you. sure why Atlanta is favored anywhere, especially against the team that can take the whole division. I, no, it just doesn't make sense to me because they're not playing well. Carolina is playing well. I, I, I think of all the teams on the docket this week, this game provides the most value uh, for batters. It does. Um, we're not, you know, we we kind of did predictions in every game, but I'm saying uh, of the ones, this is probably the one I'm more likely to bet on. Uh, take Carolina and the points. Oh, my God. Jesus. All right, we dial up the White House. It's time for POTUS picks. Mr. President... We've heard through the almost wise guy's grapevine that you are pretty good at picking NFL winners on Sundays. What's the secret to your success? I also know things that other people don't know, and so they cannot be sure of the situation. Like, like what, do you, what do you know that other people don't know? You'll find out on Tuesday or Wednesday. Yes, that makes sense. We too will start making our weekly pits after the games are played. Now, according to White House officials and the website, your NFL picks are exactly 504-0-6 against the spread this regular season. Come on, that sounds a little bit exaggerated, does it not? I don't think I exaggerate any more than anybody else. I think that I have a great grasp of numbers. I have a great grasp of values. I'm worth many, many billions of dollars. On behalf of Andy and I, we just wanted to thank you for taking time each week to contribute to our podcast. We really appreciate it. How do you believe the public, our audience, relates to and enjoys our show and our ability to pick winners? The public doesn't believe you people anymore. Now, maybe I had something to do with that. I don't know. But they don't believe you. If you were straight and, and really told it like it is, as Howard Cosell used to say, right? Of course, he had some questions also. But if you were straight, I would be your biggest booster. I would be your biggest fan in the world, including bad stories about me. Thank you to all our fans for listening to episode 17 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes so you don't miss a show. 
You can also hit us up on our Facebook fan page for additional content and picks from all Week 17 games across the NFL. Thanks again to President Trump for coming in and providing his insights from the Cosa Nostra Studios. And for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. Well, tune in next week in the postseason at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Go for it.